0: All right, and for everyone, let's go to Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14 will be our text this morning. Starting in verse 25, it says, Large crowds were traveling with Jesus, and turning to them, he said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, Wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. All right, it is almost August, Uh, and August means it is almost time for fantasy football. Okay? I know many of you are very excited. Uh, If you're not excited, you need to reprioritize your life, and that's okay. Uh, My wife, if she were here, she would tell you just how much she loves fantasy football season, uh, because fantasy football season is where I will spend four hours watching a football game that I don't really care about the game itself right? Like, I'll watch two random teams. I could care less about who wins. I'll watch the Chicago Bears, you know, play the Arizona whatevers, okay? And I don't care who wins the game. I don't care what the score is, but I got to watch the game because I got a kicker on one team and a running back on the other team, and I know that they will perform better on television if they are hearing my verbal encouragements from my couch at home, right? That's fantasy football, Okay, but here's the thing about fantasy football, all right? You start and you play the game by ranking all of the players, okay? The only way to play fantasy football is you say, I think this guy is better than this guy is better than this guy is better than this guy, and what a lot of us do is we go to all these expert rankings on places like ESPN, and we say, well, I know better than they do, and we re-rank them according to our own expertise, right? Okay, the way you play the game is you rank people. Okay, In Luke chapter 14, Jesus says you cannot live your life unless you are ranking all of the aspects of your life. Now, the problem with most of us is that we don't intentionally rank things in our lives. Instead, we just unintentionally go about living our life and don't ever think about the ranking that we are giving to all of the various aspects of life. Okay, but whether you do it intentionally or unintentionally, by the way you live your life, you are laying out all of your priorities in a very clear order, and you can look at your life and tell, here's what's really most important, here's what's next, and here's what's next, and so on down the line. You really want to know how you're ranking things in your life? Okay, look at two things. One, look at your calendar. Where do I spend my time? And two, look at your checkbook. Where do I spend my money? You want to know what's really important to you? Look at how you're spending your resources. Okay, here's what Jesus says to us in Luke 14. He says, if we want to serve Jesus, we have to rank him first. Okay, in verse 26, Jesus says that we have to hate our family and hate our own life if we want to follow Jesus. Right now, the word hate in English, it means to have very strong negative feelings towards something. Okay, we might say, I hate sickness, or I hate financial debt, or I hate sitting in Atlanta traffic, right? Okay, by the way, I was in Oklahoma City the other day. I don't know if you saw it. My wife put a picture on Facebook of Oklahoma City's 5 o'clock traffic. Okay, that just reminded me how much I hate Atlanta traffic. Right? It is worth using a very strong word to describe traffic here. Okay, but for most things in life and for most of us, hate is really too strong of a word. And we don't even like using the word hate because it feels too strong. Right, I might say I dislike something, I might dislike a song or a movie, but for the most part, I don't like to use the word hate because it's just too much. Okay, So, how difficult then is it for us to read the words of Jesus here in Luke 14 where he says, I want you to hate your family, I even want you to hate your own lives. Okay, I haven't always been extremely fond of my sisters, Okay, but I don't think I would ever have said that I hate them right? So what does Jesus mean? Okay, well, the word hate that Jesus uses here doesn't mean the same thing as it does in English. Okay, when Jesus uses the word hate, it is a word of comparison. Okay, he's saying when you rank these things in your life, the thing that you hate takes lower step than the thing that you love. Okay, in other words, he is saying you can like your family, you can like your own life just fine, but even these earthly things that are so precious to you, even the most precious things in your life have to rank behind Jesus. Okay. The question of Luke 14 is whether or not you've put Jesus first, even above all of those other really good things. Does that work? Does that make sense? All right, now here's the thing. We are really good at ranking things in other areas of our life, okay, but we are not often willing to rank things for our spiritual life. Okay, here's what I mean. It's pretty easy for kids to rank their favorite superheroes. right? It's pretty easy for us to rank movies we like or restaurants we like. Okay, We can even rank preachers we like. Okay, Sonia tells me I'm up to number four on her personal list, so um, I'm making strides. She always follows it, though, with, oh, wasn't Drew so wonderful back when he was here? So, that's all right. It's easy for us to rank our preferences. Okay, but it's harder for us to rank things in our spiritual lives because we have bought into the Western myth that we can have it all. Okay, our culture often tells us you don't have to make sacrifices anywhere. You can have anything and everything that you possibly want. Okay, so here's where I'm at. All right, school is important. Spending time with your family is important. Money is important. Doing well at your job is important. Spending time on your mental and health wellness is important. Okay, being involved in your community, being involved in your neighborhood is important. Okay, sleep is important. Okay, but are we really willing to live the kind of life that can sacrifice any and maybe sometimes all of those things for the sake of following Jesus? Okay, if I look at the way that I'm living my spiritual life, if I look at the way I'm intentionally following Jesus Christ, does it really look like I'm taking up a cross to follow after him? Is my Christianity something that I've just kind of laid over the rest of my life and it's pretty easy and it just supports all the other stuff that I want to do? Or does it actually look like I'm taking up a cross, willing to sacrifice anything else in my life in order to follow Jesus Christ? Okay, if you haven't had to give up anything recently in your life for the sake of your Christianity, then your Christianity is not that valuable to you. Is that fair? Won't he first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he is not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and ask for terms of peace. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. All right, here's number two. If we want to serve Jesus, we must count the cost. If we want to serve Jesus, we must count the cost. You know, every year, the USDA puts out a report on how much it costs to raise a child from the time you bring them home from the hospital until they turn 18 and you're legally allowed to kick them out onto the curb. Okay? How much does it cost to raise a child for the average middle-class American family? Okay, for the year 2017, they figured it costs about $14,000 annually, which is just under a quarter of a million dollars to get a kid from the hospital to high school graduation. Okay? $14,000 a year. Now, for all of you parents, does that 14,000 a year include all of the costs associated with parenthood? No. Not even close. It doesn't include the emotional cost of picking up toys at the end of every night. It doesn't include the cost of saying the same things over and over and over to your children knowing that they're still not listening. It doesn't include the cost of potty training or the nights that you spend worrying about them. It doesn't include tutoring them on their homework. It doesn't include the patience that you have to show when they break stuff and drive you absolutely insane. Okay, If you're thinking about having kids, you don't just sit down and say, oh, okay, I think I can afford an extra $14,000 a year to feed and clothe them, so therefore I think I can have kids. Okay, You don't do that. No, you think about what it's going to look like to change the rest of your life by making a decision that will change everything in your life. Okay, the cost of having a child is not fourteen thousand dollars a year; It is a completely new life. Now, when you decide to have a kid, are there surprises along the way? Any of your kids ever give you some left turns you didn't see coming? Okay? You know, I guarantee you, I never had a clue, especially with Luke, about what we were getting into. Okay, I still don't know what next month is going to look like, much less what next year all the way up till he turns 18 is going to look like. Why? Because kids are surprising. You don't know what's coming. Okay, but once we found out we were having Luke, okay, once there were two pink lines on the little thing, once we found out we're going to have a baby, okay, it's too late to make a decision about whether or not you're going to have a kid, right? Once you find out, man, I'm going to be a father, that's not when you start thinking, okay, now let's decide whether we want to get into this or not. Okay. Once you have that child, you're all in. And it doesn't matter what it costs, it doesn't matter what you have to do, you will make any sacrifice necessary in order to raise your child. Okay, Jesus tells us that the cost of following him is something that we need to Consider. Right? Like a builder or a general, we need to decide if we're all in because just like having a kid, once you start on the discipleship path, there's no going back. Okay? Once you commit troops to battle, if you're a general and you say, okay, we're going to attack, and you start attacking the other army and they're in the middle of battle, you can't decide, you know what, this was a bad decision. Maybe we should take a step back and rethink this. No, once you start, you're all in. Okay? Once you got a kid, you're all in. Once you start making a building, you're all in. Jesus says, if you decide you are going to be my disciple, once you start on that path, you have to be all in. Are there going to be surprises along the way? Absolutely. But once we start, we have to be fully committed. Notice what he says, verse 33. He says, in the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot Be my disciples. Okay, what does it even mean for us to give up everything? I think that giving up everything means that there is no area of your life over which Jesus is not Lord. When I go to work, Jesus is still Lord. When I hang out with my friends after work or school, Jesus is still Lord. When I go to vote, Jesus is Lord. When I decide what I'm going to turn on and watch on TV tonight, Jesus is still Lord. If we want to serve Jesus, we have to count the cost, and we have to decide that in every arena of my life, Jesus is Lord. All right, at this time in our service, we're going to sing a few verses of an invitation song. During the singing of this song, I will be down front, one of our shepherds will be down front. Uh, and During this song, we as the church want to be here for you. Um, uh, if there's something we can pray over with you, if there's something that you need us to study with with you, we would love the opportunity to serve you. Before we sing that song, I'd like to close us with a word of blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you and give you peace.